Welcome to the MLMSuccess.com podcast, the show designed to return the network marketing industry to its roots of personal growth, leadership development, and wisdom of the ages success principles. We share with you real success stories from real people that we hope will inspire and encourage you personally and help you progress forward in your business and your life. We believe if you build people, people will build the business. Now here is your host who has been called the number one mind in network marketing, the MLM Profit, Network Marketing Virtual Mentor, and a host of other names that we will not mention because this is a family show. Frankly, he's just a small town guy that figured out that the real product in network marketing is people. Dale Calvert. I don't know how much time you guys have had really going behind the scenes and looking at what's going on with the coronavirus and the impact it's going to have uh, on business around the world. But I really felt like it's something I needed to address and share my perspective with our customers, clients, podcast listeners. This will be quite different than most podcast sessions, and I hope it really creates encouragement and thought, a lot of thought and encouragement uh, during these different times that we're all going through. Uh, The title of this session is The Opportunity the Coronavirus Provides Us. And I sincerely believe that that it provides a unique opportunity, which I'm going to do my very best to communicate in this session. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time on social media. As most of you know, I don't watch CNN. So... In my mind, the coronavirus was just another swine flu. And quite frankly, the conspiracy theorist in me says maybe it still is. It quite, it's quite possible there's a lot more going on behind the scenes than many of us realize. But that's really not the subject or topic for this podcast. Uh, to be honest, for me, if March Madness hadn't been canceled and if there hadn't been a huge sell-off in the stock market on Thursday... I probably would have not paid a lot of attention to what was going on with the coronavirus. Uh, I probably wouldn't have taken the time to look behind the scenes and to think about it too much. However, I believe at this point this is extremely significant. Maybe not 9-11 significant, but it's significant because it's going to affect every town and community in the United States and around the world. This is not isolated to big city New York. You know, I was in New York. uh, I was in New York City doing an event two weeks before 9-11. And then I was back there a couple weeks after 9-11 doing the events. Uh, And then a a couple years ago, I was there again and doing an event. And I had a chance to visit the memorial And I can tell you one thing, guys, it made a kid from a little town in Kentucky very proud to see how that city had recovered. And one thing that I do know for sure, that the coronavirus, no matter what challenges it presents, this too shall pass. November 22nd, 1963, John F. Kennedy was shot and killed. Some of you may maybe are old enough to remember that. It was my earliest childhood memory. 
Uh, I was three years old. I'll never forget my mom picking me up. Uh, and the adults of my life, just the, the turmoil and the sadness and people crying and watching Walter Cronkite on a black and white TV showing the Dallas motorcade over and over. I'll never forget that event. I'll never forget that time. March 22nd, 1987, uh, I was on my way to do an event in Ashland, Kentucky. We had a meeting there that night. And that's when I heard on the radio that the stock market had crashed. I'll never forget that. October 22nd, 1987. Uh, September 11th, 2017. Most of you can probably remember the time, place, where you were, who you were with when you heard uh, about the attacks on New York. And, well, the day that I heard that March Madness was canceled, uh, the SEC tournament and the NCAA tournament and baseball was going to be delayed by at least a couple of weeks and uh, the NBA basketball season was postponed. Uh, the day that I heard all that, uh, the day that the stock market took its biggest hit in a long, long time since 1987, uh, well, because of the coronavirus, will that be as significant for me, personally, probably, probably, you know, but yesterday I was able to catch President Trump's address to the country on the White House lawn with the CEOs of Walmart, Target, CVS, and other huge corporations. And honestly, I remember as I'm watching this, I'm thinking to myself, uh, the last time I felt this proud to be an American was probably when I had the chance a couple of years ago to be at that 9-11 memorial. I believe we live in a time where each and every American needs to line up their politics for the right reasons. Now's the time to look behind the curtain and line up your politics with your, with your true beliefs, your true beliefs. You know, there's some very intelligent people that I respect whose politics are just whack. It makes no logical sense in the real world. None. And, you know, you see it not just in politics, but you see it in the country. You see it everywhere. You see it in this profession. And, and I think moving forward, it's just time to really get solid in your political beliefs, in all your beliefs, but especially in your political beliefs. I mean, we can all sing, hold hands and sing Kumbaya and, you know, we've got a better way. And yes, John, Levin, John Lennon was right from the perspective that what the world really needs is more love. And I think that's something we can all agree about. We all need to have more love for our fellow human beings on this planet. That's true. That's absolutely true, but it's not all we need. So John didn't have it all right. It wasn't all we need is love. That's not correct because love doesn't build roads. It doesn't pay for police and firemen and school teachers and other public servants. It, you know, it, it just doesn't. And, you know, we can put our heads in the cloud and sing songs, uh, but we have to be real with, with, with 
with the way it's set up. So the reason I, I think that I was so proud yesterday watching the presence uh, session uh, communicating with the nation in the White House garden was it wasn't just him. It wasn't just the vice president. It was the CEO of major corporations. And it was really a team attack on the virus. And I kept thinking as I was watching it, the acronym for team, together, everyone achieves more. And it's a principle that such an ego-driven business model like the network marketing profession really needs to turn to, return to. Together, everyone achieves more. Leaders need to understand that it's your job to challenge your people to dream big and to reach for the stars and understand team together. Everyone achieves more. We can do it together. You know, they're not working for you. Real leadership works for their team. Real, real leadership works for their team. Real leadership works for their team. So it was a proud moment to see these CEOs of major corporations coming together with political leaders with with one go, and that was to kick this virus's butt and to win the game. So over the last week when I've logged on to social media and I, I haven't had a chance that often, you know, most of the coronavirus comments that I saw, you know, I wasn't paying any attention. Again, if the stock market hadn't crashed and March Madness hadn't been canceled, I still wouldn't have been, been paying any attention to it because everything I was seeing on social media was around toilet paper. was around toilet paper. And it's like, I guess that's just indicative of the society in which we live. But what planet does toilet paper have anything to do with this virus? Was, you know, if it was the shortage of hand sanitizer, that makes sense. I get that. But what planet does toilet paper and running out of toilet paper and there being a run on the toilet paper in, in grocery stores all over the country, what, what logic is there behind that? Other than the fact that human beings want to follow each other around. And if they're all talking about toilet paper, then I need to talk about toilet paper. And they never stop to think, to stop and think what what value, what purpose, does this make sense on any planet whatsoever for people, so many people, to be concerned about running out of toilet paper? It makes no sense. It's just maddening. The minutiae. It's maddening. But it's indicative of the, wor the world in which we live. And it's very indicative of the network marketing profession. People don't stop, think, take a breath, and really think through what they're doing a lot of times. They just join the crowd. You know, join the tribe. So 
I understand that uncertainty is scary and different people handle it different ways and it seems that many people handle it with humor. But I really believe that if we seek, we will find many opportunities, many opportunities uh, that would have never presented themselves if it had not been for the coronavirus. I know that this too shall pass, but I also understand that this gives us all a chance to stop, think, and the opportunity to maybe pivot or make some empowering changes. Empowering changes that maybe we wouldn't have had the opportunity to stop and make if it hadn't been for this time and place in history because things are going to change. Things are going to slow down. You know, my march is going to be different than any march I've had my entire life because March Madness is not 24 hours, seven days a week basketball. So it's, it's going to be very significant for me, but it's going to be significant for all of us. Honestly, for me, this stopping and thinking and planning phase, this, this opportunity, I took it in November of last year, a few months ago, four months ago. You know, I actually went through this process personally in November and I think it's been very valuable for me, and I hope that maybe some of you will take the time to go through this process right now, at this point in time, on your entrepreneurial journey. You know, you've probably heard me say that I believe your strength is your weakness. Uh, I know for me that's the case, and for most people, our strength is our weakness. Um, you know, poor people assume that all rich people are greedy and hungry, uh, greedy and hungry, greedy and money hungry. And I will give you, I would probably agree that that's probably most of them, but it's certainly not all. And rich is a relative term, you know, uh, you know, what's rich in one country is poverty in another and so on and so forth. But, so I'm talking in generalities here, but again, it's why I encourage people to look behind the curtain and guard who they give attention and support to. And I encourage you to support those who you receive value from. It's more important than you understand in today's environment when so many people are trying to find logical guidance based upon track records. It's real important. You know, I know there's people that have been listening to this podcast since the day that we started it and have not taken the time, two minutes, three minutes, to give it a review. And, you know, that's why I try to go out of my way to show people that I appreciate that they're appreciated and people that I get value from to take a few minutes here and there and let them know they're appreciated and to, you know, give them a thumbs up or whatever it might be. But it's sincere and it's, it's, it's well-deserved. 
So the next idea that I want to share with you is something that I think is really important. I hope I can communicate it. It's something I wish I'd understood uh, earlier in my entrepreneurial journey. So we're just going to kind of stop for a second and, and just wrap your mind around this thought. Some of you have heard me talk about this concept, this part of the concept, and that is that the people live in a natural state as it relates to money and income, and that's in the survival mode. They're money-focused or they're value-focused. So, again, if you look at human beings, most human beings are going to fall into one of these three categories, survival-focused, money-focused, or value-focused. And I don't know if it's in their DNA totally. You know, I would ask you, what type of environment were you raised in? Look at your mom. Was she survival-focused, money-focused, value-focused? What about your dad? You know, what about other authority figures in your life? And I've seen it play out different ways for many different people. It's something I've always paid attention to when trying to wrap my mind around who am I, who am I working with, who am I, where's their foundations here. It's, it's, it's something that I really pay attention to because it helps me get a perspective on how I can communicate and hopefully help that person the very best is to understand where is their focus regarding, you know, that their, where do they live? And, you know, I could start naming big names of people that you know, that we all know, and you could tell me immediately they're survival focused, they're money focused, they're they're greedy, they're so money focused. You know, I can't believe they haven't showed up on the session of American Greed's TV show yet. They're so money focused. And then you can tell who's value focused. And there's a lot of value focused uh, creators and educators and authors in the marketplace, a lot of value focus. There's a lot of money focus. And then there's people that we all know that are just survival focus. They've been in survival focus most of their life and they can't break that mode. So again, I would ask you what type of environment were you raised in? And then the, the, the second concept that I would share with you is if you've been in a survival focus mode, how do you break out of that? And, you know, I wrote a book about this. It's called Change Your Financial Mindset and Create Wealth. Change Your Financial Mindset and Create Wealth. You know, because a lot of people have trouble seeing themselves beyond their limiting beliefs financially that they have about themselves and their abilities and what they're capable of. And, and until you can see yourself at a different level, it's hard to ever get to that level. Say, well, Dale, what's this have to do with coronavirus? We're getting to it. But, see, you can have all the opportunity in the world, but if you don't see yourself achieving that and taking advantage of that opportunity, it's not ever going to happen. So you've got to get your financial mindset right. You have to. And, again, that book is it's on Amazon. We'll put a link in the description here. It's called Change Your Financial Mindset and Create Wealth. But what I really want you to do is think about the five mentors that you have in your life. 
the five mentors. And here's what I have found. If you, if your dominant phase is money focused, you're focused on making the money, getting yours, then probably the five people that you listen to the most are money focused as well. If if you're a very value-focused individual, then probably most of the people that you communicate, that you relate with, are very value-focused people. Now, here's what I sincerely believe. I believe your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. I believe that's a law. I believe it's a rule. It's something I live every day by. Your long-term, not your short-term. You can make a lot of short-term. There's a lot of short-term money grab situations. And and money-focused people seem to go from short-term money grab to short-term money grab to short-term money grab. But I'm prejudiced about this because I have a true belief that your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. I believe that. And then survival focus is a whole different whole different segment. There's three main focuses. Survival focus has a lot of times to do with confidence, uh, limiting beliefs, poor self-image. Uh, survival focus people tend to have been raised in a survival focused environment when they were younger. So, uh, I think understanding where you are is is real important as we continue to move forward. Now, here's what I believe, and I've talked about this in other podcasts. Money is a greased pig. You can't catch it. It's like a greased pig at the county fair. You know, the kid that catches the grease, they put a bunch of kids in the pen and they they put a greased pig in with the kids and you go around and if you can catch the pig, then you win a blue ribbon and a $10 bill. Uh, some of you think, what is this guy talking about? Well, you weren't raised in Kentucky. But it's a greased pig. It's almost impossible to catch. My my mentor, one of my mentors, Jim Burke, called money an elusive rabbit. And he said, if you stop and develop yourself first, the money flows to you. And that's true. The money will flow to you. You develop yourself first. But here's my main point. Is when I was building, you know, I was, I, I, somebody had sent me a video that I had done. I never had seen that they had done at an event. And I was talking about you got to keep it on the money when you're recruiting people. Keep it on the money because... Their reasons, most of their reasons are going to be fulfilled by increasing their their money, by, by helping them make more money to get out of debt or to do whatever they're, they're wanting to accomplish. And their reasons, you know, it, the, most of them stem from money, so you got to keep it on the money. And, and what my point was, you don't want to get into all the herbs and, and the products and and, and, you know, give them the vitamin Bible to read. You know, people do things for their own reasons, not yours. 
And most people, the reason they're doing what they're doing is because they have financial goals. So you have to keep it on the money. Now, I realize for me personally, uh, after you make more money than you ever thought you would ever make the rest of your life, after your reality so far surpasses uh, your expectation, uh, then you tend to go way, way, way the other way. And my natural instinct, it has been my whole life, has been I wanted money because money presented uh, represented freedom to me. When I had money as a kid, then I didn't have to ask my dad or my mom for money to, to go buy that pack of baseball cards or do whatever I wanted to do. I always had plenty of money in my pocket, but and it represented freedom. So money represents freedom for me. Uh, it wasn't money for the sake of having money. So once you, you make millions of dollars and you you travel all over the world and you have all these experiences that you it was hard to even comprehend, uh, as a child, then then for me, and I think for a lot of people, I see this in a lot of, of people that I respect, then the, their, their focus, and see my focus is, I've always been, my foundation is value-focused human being, I'm value-focused, because my ultimate goal, my ultimate belief is your long-term income is in direct proportion to the value that you provide to the market that you serve. That's my foundation, that's what everything stems from, and so what happens is you'll tend to, which I've done, is you get you get you get out of balance to the point where all you're all you're thinking about is the value you provide. And you're not looking at your bottom lines on anything. It does none of it even matters. It's are you providing value to the market that you serve, which ultimately I think that is a healthy place to be in. But as, as you get older and, you're, and as life evolves and you have kids and then you have grandkids and then, you, you know, everything changes and evolves. Life is a, it's, it's an evolution. And some of, the, some of the mindsets that maybe have served you well in the past may not serve you as well in the future. And, and not that you're ultimate foundations will ever change. Mine, mine can't change. Okay? and But I've seen people that have been so focused on catching that greased pig, and they've just chased the pig for 50 years, and then they just stop and realize, you know, I'm tired of chasing this money. I just got to stop. And, and and they reevaluate. They change. They pivot in, in their focus. And they say, you know, I got to get better. And maybe they they go on major personal development crusade, or maybe they 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 start figuring out how can I provide more value to the market that I serve than other people do. And and so again, it, this is all an evolution, but it's something I really wanted to share with you about because I got something I'm going to share something personal with you. And I realized for me, I'd gotten so tilted. You know, it's like network marketing support services has grown, had great growth over the last five years or so since we recommitted and started these podcasts and, and, and we've done a lot of things, but, but it's like you get into a mode where you're hiring more and more people and you've got, uh, there's just, it, it's like, does it make sense to have, uh, 
you know, if, if, if I have no desire to develop a huge training and consulting company, uh, because my lifestyle is not conducive to that, I don't want to be on the road, you know, that much. I've done it. I don't have any desire to do it again. Uh, and, and if I'm as selective as who I, as I am, which I am, and I'm very selective, uh, then it's like you're either going forward or you're going backwards. And that's, that's such a uh, hard place to be in because to grow, you need to expand, but there's these gaps. And it's like, yeah, we're, we're doing a lot more business, but we're paying more people. We got this going on. We got this expense we didn't have. You know, just to run the business, th- th- what you need from hosting and autoresponders and webinar programs, uh, platforms, and so on and so forth. It gets crazy. So we have to all stop sometimes and just ask ourselves, where am I really trying to go with this? You know, do I, is this really where I want to go? Am I willing to take on that amount of responsibility based upon where I am at this time and place in my life? So for me, in November, it's like I need, I need to get money focused as it relates to network marketing support services, because it really makes no sense. And it's like, okay, Dale, you're getting ready to turn 60 years old. Your life's been a magnificent adventure. So thankful. And knowing everything that you know right now, this is the question I ask myself, and I hope in in sharing this with you, it'll help you figure out the perfect question you should be asking yourself right now. And I believe that in this time when the world's kind of stopping and recalculating, it may be the perfect time for you to ask yourself a similar question. So for me, and again, this happened in November, but it says, okay, Dale, knowing what you know right now, understanding you know, what's most important to you in your life with the business knowledge that you have, the market awareness that you have, the skills, what is the best move you can make to earn $5 million in the next five years? And I realize some of you, you're not in a position or don't have the background or experience, possibly, to ask yourself that question. Others of you that are listening are thinking, Dale, five million in five years, that should be 50 million in five years. So I get that. I understand all that. I'm just sharing with you. Again, I'm getting personal. But, but Dale, what, what, what's the move to make five million in five years? And some of you heard me talking about, you know, uh, well, I'm not going to go back, but it, it's all mindset. What the mind can conceive and believe, you can achieve. And, and and if you and if you can't conceive it and believe it, then you will never achieve it. So it's what is your what is your stretch question? We'll call it, you know. And and what's a stretch question? And I spent two weeks asking myself this question every day, thinking about it every day. And I knew there were several different opportunities. And network marketing support services was one of them 
But I also knew, for me, the negative was not worth the positive. The amount of time, energy, effort, travel, uh, uh, dealing with opportunity seekers, mentalities. I knew that it was a it was an option, but it was not, you know, there was other options. And there was a there was a path. I knew there was a path. So for two weeks I'm asking myself this over and over, thinking through it, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of thought. And I I knew in my heart and soul it's not going to be network marketing support services because I don't like to pitch, promote, and sell to opportunity seekers. There's nothing I enjoy more than supporting business builders and entrepreneurs. Nothing I enjoy more. However, some of you, uh, you know, we've, we've talked people out. Some of you listen to this podcast, wanted to, you know, send me $3,000 for three hours to help you uh, do something. And there's many of you that listen to this podcast that we talk out of hiring, hiring myself as a coach because you don't need a coach. You need a course first. There's, you know, you can get by with a $39 or $395 course. You don't need one-on-one coaching. And, and then the people that really could benefit from it the most seem to be sometimes the stingiest. So it's just something that I, I, I have no, get no enjoyment from. I love supporting builders and entrepreneurs. However, some of you know, again, we've talked you out of hiring me as a coach. Because you need a course. Most network marketers are not willing, the masses of network marketing marketers are not willing to invest in themselves. I mean, you guys have all heard it. You know, how many times have you have you attempted to try to get people to come to a conference and all they can think about is how much it's going to cost them? And it's like, I didn't get in this to spend money. I got in it to make money. You know, because I know many of you, you know, part of your process is if you're going to join my team, you're going to join the MLM Training Club. You're going to join the MLM Training Club. And I, I appreciate that. And I know that you love them enough to make that part of joining your team. But but I, I understand the blowback from all that sometimes as well. But see, at this point in my life, when I was younger, maybe, but at this point, I don't have the patience or the time to try to communicate with people that just don't get it. If they don't understand, formal education makes you a living. If you become self-educated, you create a fortune based upon the track record of thousands of entrepreneurs that have lived before them. If they don't understand that, then, I mean, how can you really put a price on mentorship? How can you put a price on that? To, To have somebody that's already walked the walk went down the road, went down the path, created what you want to create, and and they're willing to, to share their time, energy, effort, and experience, and you want to argue about the how much it costs or the value in that? I, I just don't... And, and that's more prominent in this profession, this niche, 
than any I've ever seen or worked in. It just is. So, I just don't understand how people can be so ignorant. Smart people. Smart people that are very ignorant. And, and, and what I, that don't understand the value are even worse than that for me. It's people that come to me and say, Dale, I spent $10,000 with this guru, or I spent $5,000 with this guru. And it's like, why? What part of their track record would, would, would that be a good business decision? And, and, and again, I, I don't want to go down this road, but, you know, getting coaching from someone you not you never vetted, it's just not a really good idea. That's one reason on this podcast we have so many success stories from our former team members. Because, I mean, there's there it is. And, you know, I, I just get tired of some people sending me email. And it's like, Dale, I'm, I'm really wanting to join the MLM Training Club, but I'm thinking about joining Guru One's program or Guru Two's program. Why should I grow? Why should I join yours? instead and i don't want to be rude or crude to people but it's just like go join theirs i don't really want you in my if you have to ask that question this one what we do is not for you and i don't say that but man i think it i think it i think it and that's why they don't allow me to pick up the phone at the office or respond to emails to customers because it's like I just don't have the tolerance for it. I, I sincerely don't. So I decided on a financial path that would give me personally the best opportunity to create $5 million in five years. It is not telling, it's not, you know, working with opportunity seekers because I, I just cannot sell them, uh, you know, tell them what they want to hear so I can sell them what they want to sell them. It's not within my uh, my ability. Uh, I just, it's not, it's not part of what I believe has anything to do with the network marketing business model. And I, I just want people smart enough to understand that they're going to have to get self, they're going to have to get self-educated. Their skill sets, mindsets, they're going to have to learn that they probably don't know yet. And, and they got to be smart enough to figure out who is it that I should be listening to. So, you know, I have for five years with this podcast and with everything that we do, and people don't get this, but my focus is really as much about running off the wrong people as it is to keep the right people. And I appreciate all you guys that send me an email and say, Dale, if you would just be a little less intense, then you would have so much more people that would get plugged into your stuff. And, and everything you teach is so good, but you know, you just don't need to be so intense. And I appreciate that. I sincerely appreciate those of you that send me those emails that you're trying to look out for me. But guys, that's not who I am. I believe what I believe. I have major convictions about what I teach, why I teach it. 
I understand the sequential aspects of this business. I, I understand what it takes to build teams of people and for people to break out and break through and to get to levels that they never thought possible at levels that most people haven't even thought about. And I've spent my whole life thinking about it. So anyway, uh, after spending a couple weeks in November, I decided to go on a path the 1st of December. Uh, and we've been, we've been at it and made major progress laying the groundwork and getting myself self-educated uh, and really, really moving forward. And then this corona hits. But I can tell you that if I had not already made a million dollars, you know, I had million-dollar years, three million-dollar years building network marketing teams, then network marketing would be the answer. Not because it's the greatest opportunity in the history of the world, but because it's the greatest personal development program on the planet. It's because of the challenge. It's the most challenging business opportunity, business niche in the world. Because the real product is people. And most people don't even get that when I say that. But, you know... The answer that I came to in November, my answer is not necessarily your answer. Hopefully you already have your answer to that question. Hopefully you've asked yourself that question. So, you know, I'm not going to be talking about it here. Please don't ask me. Uh, because this is not about this about me. It's really about you. And what it's really about is is understanding yourself. You know, many of you have heard me say to your own self, be true. It's about self-awareness. And this is really, really important. So tune back in here if you phased out here. You know, I believe Network Marketing is the greatest business model in the world. However, today, in the cultures you're going to be exposed to, it's full of people that are stagnant in their entrepreneurial journey. And being stagnant is not acceptable in any business model except in network marketing. And in network marketing, hanging out in a state of stagnation is the norm. Network marketing has really become a huge social club. And it's in a social environment. And, you know... In the real world, in a social environment, we don't question those who become stagnant in their corporate careers. It's like, well, I thought you were a district manager. Didn't you get that promotion nine years ago? You haven't moved up since then? You're, you're still a district manager? See, in the real world, we don't question people that hit blocks and become stagnant in their corporate careers. It's not politically correct, probably, in the real world. However, in the network marketing business model, if we are not constantly encouraging people to move up and to progress and to reach for the next level and to develop the skill sets and mindsets that will move them forward, and if we accept a culture 
of being, I guess, politically correct and where stagnation is accepted, then it's a recipe for disaster. We create a culture where people aren't challenged. It's not good. Again, for me, personally, I guess it goes back to the article that I wrote, you know, back in, when, I don't even remember what it was, 2000, probably, when I wrote the article that many of you I know have read, and it's entitled, Inspire Greatness or Cater to Mediocrity. Because I could see the shift happening back then. And it's like, this is the choice the profession has to make. We can continue to cater to mediocrity, or we can inspire greatness. And I understand nobody likes being challenged. I don't like being challenged. Nobody does. But the right person appreciates it. The right person appreciates someone that cares enough about them to challenge them. And I don't care if we're talking about a personal trainer or a network marketing leader. The people that love you and care enough about you to challenge you and to believe that you can move forward uh, are very valuable in our life. And that goes back to what I was saying earlier. When you find people like that, mentors that inspire you and challenge you and keep you on track, make sure that you know, you give them a like, or if you're listening to their daggone podcast, let them know you appreciate it. It's important in today's environment because we have so many people in multiple niches trying to teach people how to do that, which they've never done. Not just here, it's everywhere. You know, so I I understand that my 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 beliefs are not congruent with the social club cultures that's been created within the network marketing business model. I get that. I'm not, I get it. It is what it is. You know, I understand people don't like to be challenged. Dale, I'm a triple diamond with a cherry on top of it. Why would you say I need to be doing it this way? And it's like, I, I, I don't have time for that. Just the ego around all that. I just, it just drives me crazy. So, again, nobody likes being challenged, but the right people, and that's what I've desperately been looking for. I'm just trying to build my world and network marketing support services around the right people, and thankfully, we found a lot. But there's others out there we haven't even heard about yet. But, you know, it keeps going back to Jim Rohn. Jim Rohn said, I don't mind a preacher telling me that I'm going to go to hell for my sinful ways as long as he does it with tears in his eyes. And I do my very best to come across as value-focused and empathetic as I possibly can be because I've walked this walk personally and with many, many other people, helping them create these breakthroughs and come down this road and grow and learn and get better and continue to strive and not be stagnant. So I understand the paths. I understand the processes. As long as people are continuing to move forward. But most people would rather sit back, suck their thumb, and they have the excuse, if first I don't succeed, then I must fix the blame quick. So everything that I do, every, every time I do a podcast, I hope I'm coming across 
from the right standpoint. And I understand if somebody has a really poor self-image and major excuses and limiting beliefs that listening to me doesn't set well with their psyche. I get that. You know, over the last five years, I've been trying to connect with the right people. Uh, I have no interest in joining uh, the MOM Social Club Party. Uh, my social life comes from my family, my parents, Don's parents, our family, a tight-knit group of friends, uh, people that we work with on a, on a daily basis, monthly basis. So my five-year path for me has nothing to do with network marketing or, or opportunity seekers. I mean, my commitment, my commitment to the MLM Training Club members, uh, Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy members, Euphoria D&D team members, and our corporate consulting clients has never been stronger. I can't, I can't say that strong enough. It has never been stronger because if you're in my world, then you're the odds are you're exactly the type of people that I know that I can impact the most if you're in my world. Because, again, I, I, everything that we've done up to this point with network marketing support services and will do in the future has been done not for the reasons most people do it. It's been designed uh for me to maintain sanity and to help people have the most impact uh, on their on the growth of their teams and their organizations and building long term a business with with customers and with team members that they're proud of. And I understand any communication that I have with those that are what I call wantapreneurs. They want to be a entrepreneur, wantapreneurs. And the communication I have where I talk about personal responsibility, work ethic, mindsets, real customer acquisition and appreciation, uh, it's challenging and it's not popular. And I get that. So I appreciate all of you send me uh, emails again. Tell me, Dale, if you weren't so intense, people would would like would like you better and and you would attract so many more people because the methods you teach are phenomenal and and guys I understand and I agree and I appreciate it but I have to operate in a way which number 1 I can maintain it and number 2 I can help the right people and I, I just know what I'm doing <laughs> I, I I understand this process and I have patience I get it. I understand it. You know, and I and I get people look for the magic funnel. They're looking for the foo-foo dust. They want to know, where's the party? However, that's not a real business. It's a facade used to tell people what they want to hear so self-proclaimed gurus can sell them what they want to sell them. That's all that's going on. The commitment that I've made to a small group of deep-thinking, career-minded, network-marketing leaders, corporate officers, and company owners is not going to change. It's always going to be there. It's always has been there. It's, 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 it's who I am. I can't shake it. I've tried. I've tried. Because when you look at the big picture, spending time 
in this market with my belief sets and my convictions at, makes no sense for me. You know, network marketing it appeals and attracts a lot of the lottery ticket plane. How do I get my free Obama phone? And I don't mean anything. Don't take the well. You're going to, you'll take it however you want to take it. But it 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 is attracting the wrong people. The market is not the needy and the greedy. The market should always be the career frustrated individual that knows they can do better and wants to do better. And and when you bring them in a culture of people that are needy and greedy and 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 full of entitlement it diminishes the entire opportunity you know i'm not capable of telling people what they want to hear just so i can sell my vip ticket to my next pitch fest that's described as that's disguised as a seminar but i understand the network marketing business model today is what it is. It just is what it is. I understand that the cheese has been moved. I understand that it's a profession. We did not take care of the goose that was laying the golden eggs, the business model, the companies, and that we've allowed philosophies to make, to enter the profession that make absolutely no sense to becoming the best best business and they and these philosophies are now considered best business practices and all that's happened is you know quote unquote leaders have been pitching this stuff uh, so they can earn affiliate commissions selling blogging platforms and pro lead systems and all these foo-foo dust solutions that promised newbies that they could you know, be a high-paid network marketing consultant, even if you've never sponsored your first distributor or acquired your first customer, I'll show you how to be a high-paid network marketing consultant. It's just maddening, maddening. So instead of teaching people personal accountability and wisdom, wisdom of the ages principles, we've just, we've just, it's just totally changed. It's just, it's just absolutely gotten totally out of control. So we have an industry that's more focused on developing followers than it is the next generation of leaders. And when a movement gets away from its core fundamentals, it was built upon, there's always unintended consequences. Is If you haven't heard of the webinar Ron Henley and myself did over at mlmhelp.com forward slash critical, uh, I cannot recommend it highly enough. I just can't. MOMHelp.com forward slash critical. When a movement gets away from its foundational principles, there's always unintended consequences. So new people in this profession are experiencing and suffering those consequences because quote-unquote leaders are more focused on keeping them on authorship one more month than they are challenging them to become great and maximize their leadership abilities within themselves. So the negative effects of the coronavirus will have on most network marketing businesses 
is going to be somewhat neutralized. It's going to be somewhat neutralized, especially for the committed, dedicated, hardworking network marketing distributors, because in general, and you won't mark my words, the population is going to become more open to work at home opportunities than at any time in history. Let me say that again. The population, after this coronavirus, and people concerned about, you know, taking public transportation to work or going into big office buildings and being around big crowds and not having social spacing and so on and so forth. The idea of working at home is going to be, people are going to be more open to that than at any time in history after this all blows over. So that plays into the network markers wheelhouse. That helps. It helps. It's going to help greatly. It's going to help subconsciously more than we really understand. And, you know, I compare that to friends that I have that operate huge Shopify stores and their entire business model has been built on drop shipping products from China. So there are thousands of successful drop shipping stores, entrepreneurs whose businesses have been turned upside down because of this coronavirus. I've talked to a couple yesterday, and it's just, I mean, there's all kinds of ramifications. So when you sit back and look at this business model, the network marketing business model, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to help, you know. But, you know, there's little things that can change that can really drastically affect a business. And again, if you're dependent upon drop shipping from China, it's, it's kind of, you know, this has kind of dropped a bomb on, the, on a lot of those businesses. You know, much like the, back in 2009 when Google, the first Google slap, you know, and all of a sudden people are gone. They can't be found. And their whole business was dependent upon Google. And now they're gone. They can't be found. And, and they never learned how to develop real customers, just one-time buyers, because they never understood and were never taught if they buy once or a suspect, twice or a prospect, three times they were a customer and they were dependent upon one-time buyers all the time that they got from Google. The Google slap came and their business was gone. Uh, you know, and more recently, more recent in recent years, you know, the same thing happened with Penguin updates on Google and the Panda updates on Google. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs that put themselves in a situation where, dang it, my cheese moved. Now what do I do? My cheese is gone. And you cannot put yourself in those type of situations. Similar, uh, you know, the people a few years ago that built their entire teams based upon Facebook before Facebook algorithms changed. And the, the cheese was moved. The algorithms changed. And they had no way, they hadn't developed no other methods to create business, to create prospects. And it just destroyed a lot of people's businesses, a lot of their income. But true leaders will always walk through the challenges that are they're faced with. And I believe 
true leaders will walk through the challenges that are in front of all of us because of this coronavirus in the days to come. So what opportunities does the coronavirus provide you? Everything's going to slow down for a while. It's going to get worse before it gets normal. I didn't say before it gets better. I said before it gets normal, and I could argue that normal is not better. You know, the, the normal is a lot of the... You know, we can go back to, you know, think before Corona, there was a tremendous amount of political unrest in this country. And I'm hopeful after what I saw yesterday with, you know, I felt like, you know, Democrats, Republicans, corporate CEOs coming together to eradicate this virus was very encouraging for me. It probably was for hopefully a lot of you. But. You know, before, a lot of political unrest, a lot of people living in what I call a quiet state of desperation, uh, which was probably the callous for all the unrational, irrational behavior. Uh, you know, people worrying about daggone toilet paper. <laughs> you know, so... When things return to normal, uh, and they will, then hopefully they'll even be better. And we've all been given an opportunity, as I previously tried to communicate, to just stop, get in touch with what matters the most in our life and our entrepreneurial journeys. And now's the perfect time to rethink our path and pivot if we need to, change who we hang out with and why. Uh, eliminate the minutia and take our focus and our game plan to the next level. This is an unbelievable opportunity like you may not ever have again. So don't take it for granted. In many ways, we've been given an opportunity that would have only happened in this type of terrible situation. You know, my entire winter, as some of you know, my winter, I get through it. I can't stand cold weather. And my winter, the way I get through winter, is building towards March Madness. And it's been that way since I was a kid. So this is a time for me to rethink the decisions, you know, some of the decisions that I came to in November. And... When things do get back to normal, what's the good norm, what's the new normal going to look like? And I know that after every economic downturn, you know, the one we had in 2001 and 2008, some amazing businesses came from those times, as there will be from this time. Right now is really a perfect time to just stop, take a breath, and the first thing I would say is examine your wheel. And for those of you that have never heard my balanced life or wheel of life training, I apologize. But, you know, just briefly, you know, there's basically seven key areas of life. Physical, mental, family, financial, career, spiritual, and social. And those are the seven key areas. And in 
and the most important areas, physical, mental, family, financial, career, spiritual, social. And now's a great time to really look at those seven key areas of life and say, you know, what, what can I do to, to, to level up here in this area of my life, whatever that is. And again, I've talked about this many times. So you can find somewhere, I'm sure, online or eBay or eBay, <laughs> on eBay, <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, Wheel of Life training is probably there. I really don't know. I've, I've talked about it many times. But, but now is really the time to take your business, to really take a hard look at your business, ask yourself the right questions. I mean, have you been building a real business or have you been a social club member? For many network marketers, what they call a business is really just a sometime, not even a part-time, but a sometime hobby. Sometime hobby. It's not a business. Just because you have a business card does not make it a business. And probably the most important question you should ask is not has your business been growing, but have you been growing as a person and as a leader? You know, network marketing support service has grown well over the past five years but that's mostly due to word of mouth from you guys most of the corporate contracts and speaking gigs that we you know we, we will do up to two a month and they all come from you guys talking to your corporate officers about you know get this guy in to speak for our group so i appreciate that because many of you it's come from this podcast but the truth is have you been more focused on you growing as a person, your personal development and your personal awareness? Or have you been focused on the systems and the shortcuts and creating social media followings and funnels and the mechanics of the business? Network marketing is a very social business, but it is a business. A great question to ask yourself right now is, do I really offer the best product or service to the market that I serve? Do I really offer the best product or service? Because your long-term success is in direct proportion to the value you provide to the market that you serve. Do you believe that? That came from Jim Rohn. I believe it. I've lived it since the day I heard it. It just slapped me. That's so true. Your long-term success is in direct proportion to the value you provide to the market that you serve. And as it relates to, you know, when I look at, think about the MLM Training Club and the Network Marketing Leadership Development Academy, you know, I 100% believe in what we're doing and how we're doing it and why we're doing it and who we're doing it with. I believe that. I, I know it. I've walked it. I've done it my whole adult life. So, you know, we are terrible as a company when it comes to social club stuff. Yeah, I, in fact, I would argue that we're probably the worst. Okay, because we are. But some of you have attended some of our events that Don and I and we've done through Network Marketing Support Service that we've done for select groups of inner circle people. And you know they were done out of appreciation. That was the spirit in which they were done. And the need for us to recognize those that needed to be recognized. 
And, you know, most people never hear about it because I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It's just not a factor for me. It's, it's, I want to be with the right people, with the, the small groups of people that select groups for the right reasons. You know, we didn't let you buy a VIP ticket if you pay an extra couple hundred bucks that would allow you to have, you know, a guaranteed photo op with Dawn and I and all the other manipulation and ridiculous crap that we see going on in this profession today. It's just unbelievable. So, I sincerely believe you keep that which you give away. So again, I ask you, do you offer the very best product or service in the market? And to thy own self be true. You're not talking to a prospect, you're talking to yourself. Quick story, we're going to end up here. Uh... Way, way, way back in my younger days, I got in the swimming pool business. I was selling swimming pools for a summer. I thought it would be fun. And I wanted a swimming pool. And um, so this guy told me, Dale, you got to come. You got to hear this guy. He's the best salesperson. He's an awesome closer. And he owns this company. And he's going to be there for the training. So I went for the training. This guy came in from New York. And it was basically, again, I, I was young and dumb, didn't know a lot. Um, I understand it now more than I did then. But they were doing these, uh, you know, five by five ads in newspapers all over, the, buying remnant space in, these, in Kentucky newspapers all over small towns. And they were offering this pool with this deck and all this for $997. So people would call in, they'd set the appointment, and then we would go out as reps and sit down at the kitchen table and sell swimming pools. And we had this big elaborate kit and this pitch that we had to memorize. And basically, if you ever see a uh, an ad like that, don't answer it. Because I didn't understand what it was called at the time, but it was a bait and switch. So basically, we're going in, and we sit down, and and it was just, it was just fluff. It's like, oh, the first thing you would ask, well, which which pool did you call about? Oh, you called about this one, the 997 pool. So you go through, and the whole thing was to lead them up to a pool that sold for $13,200. And so it was a bait and switch. And thirteen thousand two hundred dollars, you could you could go down to nine thousand. If you sold it for nine, you made five hundred. Anything you sold it for over nine, up to thirteen two, you would split it fifty fifty with the company. So you could make several thousand dollars on a pool. And I, I just did not feel comfortable with this. It's like my gosh, this is ridiculous. People calling on $997 pool. We go in and our focus is to sell them the $13,200 pool. And then we had all these things, all these shenanigans we had to go through like you like you go through at some car lots. Well, they go get the manager. So I would have to ask, can I, I was supposed to ask, can I call New York and see if they can do any better on this one? Because I know we have another one that we're going to be setting up, you know, down the road and, 
and go through all this and and then I had to get them on the phone with the the closer the closers in New York and it was just it was just a it was I was not comfortable at all in that environment and I remember I went out my first week and I sold two for 13 too and I didn't follow any of the any of the I didn't call the people in New York or do any of that I just went in and sold two of them for 13 too and I didn't feel comfortable with that, uh, but I had kids to feed, you know. And then the next one I went out, and uh, I had two appointments that next week, and, and I didn't sell it, and I didn't call New York like I was supposed to. And then the second one I went to, the guy said, nope, I want that one. Nope, I want that one. Nope, I he wanted the 997 pool, and I try, I could not get through the press, so I wrote him up for the 997 pool. Well, that night, New York calls me. Why didn't did you do this appointment? Yes. Why didn't you call us? Well, it didn't. The opportunity didn't present. It just didn't work out for me to call. And you actually sold the 900 the 997 dollar pool. Yeah, Dale, we don't even have that pool. So what? We don't even make that pool available. We don't even have that. So, first week I made about four thousand dollars. Second week, I'm selling a pool that they're they're advertising in the newspaper. They don't even make available to the customer, and I sold it, and they can't deliver it. And then they're giving me heck for not calling New York and putting these people on and not trusting my judgment. It wasn't right, and I just had to say, okay, you know, this isn't right. This is not going to work out. And, you know, I had to make a pivot. And the thing that probably made that decision more than anything is because I didn't know anything about swimming pools. And when I was going through my training, you know, I, I went into my local market and started going and, and learning about swimming pools. And I came to the conclusion that, you know, for the money, I wouldn't buy this swimming pool for nine thousand or thirteen thousand two hundred. As a matter of fact, I know where I can get one for thirty-eight hundred that I would rather have, which is, by the way, what I ended up buying. Uh, so I can't do this. I had to pivot because I, I I had no belief in what I was doing. And I can go back and I can look at my days at NSA. We had the fastest growing organization in the company. When they were making the switch to, you know, the, the Juice Plus product, my heart, soul, belief was not there. I had to pivot. You know, I had the fastest growing organization in the country. I was going to make $25,000 a month if I didn't leave the house. I was making 25000 a month, but I couldn't do it with conviction. So sometimes you have to pivot, and it's when you pivot, it's a real emotional challenge it's very challenging but sometimes it's necessary to reach your full potential and your ability to communicate with 100 percent authenticity i've started to understand that some people have been pitching and promoting and doing it from an unethical un un unauthentic state place for so long 
that they can't even begin to understand what authentic communication really is. They continue to resell the lies that they bought. And that's why in anything that you do, anything that you look at, it's so important to pay close attention who you're listening to, what they're teaching you, and you've got to pivot when the time is right. And for some of you, maybe the time is right right now, and this is the perfect opportunity to do that. So just to kind of wrap this up, guys, the, the marketplace, population, the world, it's going to change when we get through this crisis. Uh, some trends that make sense to me that we can be looking for is I think online conferencing is going to boom as doctors turn to telemedicine and schools turn to teleeducation. Uh, the values of good online conferencing tools is going to get clearer and clearer and it's, they're going to become more common in the future. Uh, virtual reality, I think, is going to surge, uh, particularly, you know, businesses that require in-person visit, visits, uh, conferences, museums, even concerts, probably a lot of sporting events. You know, they're, they're, losing, they're going to be losing a lot of revenue over the next, you know, few months, which is likely to inspire some type of virtual alternative. You know, there's a couple of museums in America and China that I've read about that are already using live streaming platforms to take visitors on virtual tours of their museums. So that's going to get, you're going to see more and more of that. Uh, there's going to be many investment opportunities for sure. Uh, on Friday, you know, the stock market came back real strong right in the middle of the presidential address. It was crazy. Had one of the largest daily gains since 1988. And I was kind of shocked by that, but, but it's like it grew over a thousand points. The Dow grew over a thousand points while the presidential address was going on and it was just crazy. You know, the roaring comeback it was awesome to see. It was encouraging. Uh, I sincerely expected the Dow to fall below 18,000 and I thought it would be a good time at eight, you know, if it fell below 18 or around 18 to pick up a lot of bargains. And there would, there's probably going to still be some volatility during the coming months as we come out of this. But, I think there'll be great opportunities in the stock market. Sports cards is something that I've been heavily investing in over the last couple of years. Some of you know that my brother and I had a baseball card and memorabilia shop uh, in the 90s. Um, so it and then, but that whole that whole baseball card sports card world has evolved and I had no idea. So probably a couple years ago, I really get, got self-educated on that again uh, because they have a lot of limit, limited product, limit, limit product 
production runs. You've got PSA grading now where you can have your car professionally graded, uh, which drastically increases the value, especially if it's a limited edition card. So that whole baseball card, a sports card world has changed drastically. Uh, I've been buying a lot of Kobe Bryant's over the last year because Kobe, and this was before his death, obviously, and Kobe's getting ready to go in the Hall of Fame this year. So I knew that there would be a bump in his 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 cards for sure once he went in the Hall of Fame. So I've been buying his rookie cards, PSA team graded. Uh, so I think sports cards, it was kind of funny because last Monday, I think, was uh, the biggest, uh, the highest base price for the top 50 sports cards uh, in, that has ever been the highest. The base price was high, the highest it's ever been in the history of sports card collecting. I mean, the baseball card, sports card investing has been extremely hot for a couple of three years. And then again, after the announcement of no baseball, delay of baseball starting this year, no basketballs suspended, the NBA, no March Madness, then cards plummeted the next day, much like the stock market. And I haven't even had the guts to look and see if, if they've recovered any yet. But I think there's going to be opportunities there. If you're a sports person like I am, it's 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 something that's worth getting educated on. Um, real estate is going to be fascinating to see. I mean, here in Atlanta, it's really boomed the last couple, three years it, after being stagnant for many years. Uh, the real estate market's really come back with a vengeance here. It's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, network marketing, uh, I believe the work-at-home buzz, and, and I remember the first time the work-at-home buzz hit before anybody even thought about working at home. It's like, what do you mean you work at home? How do you work at home? I mean, that that was a great buzz in this profession. Now, it'll never be as strong as it was then because, you know, working at home is not such an oddity as today as it was back then. But I think the whole work at home culture buzz at some level can really benefit network marketing moving forward. Um you know, for network marketing support services in this podcast, I just have to wait and see. I mean, my commitment and dedication to our corporate clients, individuals, is never going to change. However, my tr- true commitment has always been to entrepreneurs, not a specific network marketing business model. And I've really had to come to grips with a lot of this because I felt a tremendous obligation to the network marketing business model but not a commitment. My commitment's not to a particular business model. It's to the people. It's to the people we've had the opportunity to serve through this business model. My commitment is to the people, to the entrepreneur-minded people in this country and around the world. So, you know, really, guys, this is the first podcast I've done live since before Christmas. the first one I've done since before Christmas 
because I would, you know, in November, I kind of told you what I was going through there, and I've really been debating on whether I should continue it, strictly because, and only because, it doesn't fit my five-year financial plan. I mean, Opportunity Seekers is not part of my five-year project here. But since we started this podcast... Every time I've wavered, every time I've, every single time I've wavered, like, Dale, why are you spending time? You know, why are you doing this? But every time I have it, without, without exception, somebody's reached out to me that I've never met to tell me how the podcast or one of our courses, you know, has really made an impact for them and their life. And, you know, we've had several of these over the last 90 days, one of which I'll probably share with you next week because it literally brought tears to my eyes. A lady took the time to actually write a letter and send it, mail it to us. I'll probably share that with you. But, you know, speaking of next week, next week we're going to do an Ask Dale session. And I've had several questions come in that I need to answer and address uh, if you have a question that you'd like to ask regarding what we've talked about in this session today or anything else, all you have to do is go over to MLMHelp, MLMHelp.com. In the top left-hand corner, you'll see an Ask Dale button, and you can just click on that Ask Dale, and you can record your voice and ask your question right there from your computer. And if you have any questions, guys, this week would be a good time to do that. And anything that you wanted, any question, comment, concern, anything I can help you with or support you with, I will. But I sincerely hope that something I've shared with you has created thought and value this week. It'll inspire you to take some time and make the most from this unique time and place in history. And I know things are lining up for some of you in, to make some quality decisions about your business and your future and that you will take advantage of this time. Uh, and that's my hope, that, that it's unique, it's different. It's not going to happen normally. And we're in a different place, and it's a good time to just stop, think, reevaluate, recommit, do whatever you need to do to continue to progress and move forward on your entrepreneurial journey. And I hope we've shared something with you. And I've gotten more personal than I normally would. I'm always pretty personal, but I've shared some things that I really debated on whether I should share. But I hope you take everything that I've shared in the spirit in which it was intended. Uh, I'm going to leave you with a very encouraging uh verse that I, I think hopefully will speak to some of you because I know some of you have drastic concerns you know and I think about the concerns I have you know we have, all have for our family and aging parents and even grandkids you know and everybody in between so I just want to leave you with this and then we'll talk to you next week uh, we appreciate you guys more than you know but the verse is simply this we are salt and light, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and sound mind. 
That's from 2 Timothy 1.7. You guys have an awesome, awesome week, and we'll talk to you next week on another session of the MLM Success Podcast. If you haven't gone over to iTunes yet and rated and left this podcast a review, what are you waiting for? At Calvert Marketing Group, we want to spend our time on the projects that we know are providing the most value for our clients and customers. You leaving us a review and feedback on iTunes is something that helps us more than you realize. And more importantly, it helps others like you find us. So if you've not taken the time to rate this podcast, please go over to iTunes and do that for us now. It will only take a couple of minutes out of your busy schedule. Work harder on yourself than you do on your business, and we will be back next week with another inspiring success story, Wisdom of the Ages training, or answers to your questions.